0: Want to help kids get their homework done? Well, an internet connection is a good start. But kids also need computers. And sometimes the hardest thing about homework is finding a place to do it. So why not hook community centers up with Wi-Fi for kids like us and all the amazing things we're going to learn?
1: Over the next 10 years, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach 50 million low-income Americans with the tools and resources they need to be ready
0: for anything. I hope you're ready, because we are.
1: This holiday, let Hy-Vee do all the cooking so you can spend more time with family. Order your pre-made holiday meals today. You'll find delicious meals that serve from 2 to 12 people, including succulent turkey, honey-glazed spiral ham, or prime rib. Holiday meal packs are ready to heat and serve and include your choice of sides and rolls. For dessert, choose from apple, pumpkin, banana cream, or French silk pie. Meals start at just 34 dollars Reserve your holiday meals today at hy Want your boss to put
0: some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive? Find out how to hold their feet to the fire to demand diversity on the Diversity Dude Podcast. Hello, family. Welcome to the latest installment of the Diversity Dude Podcast. Thank you for taking the time out of your day or night to listen or watch our our latest program. I'm your host, Tom Barnett, with the Seminole Group, and in today's session, we're going to be looking at key trends that impact the workforce from a DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion lens. But before we actually do that, every week I love doing recognitions. And so this week, I wanted to recognize you, the audience. Our audience spans the four corners of the country from the Pacific Northwest with Candace and her crew to Carol and Roman in the Bay Area from Indy and Michigan in the middle of the country with Randall, Bond, and Terry, to South Texas with Ed and Don, New York, New Jersey with Prashant, Atlanta with Rundir and Mike, and in South Florida with Tommy. I thank you all for the commentary, the dialogue that we've shared, and I just ask that you all continue to subscribe, download, and share with those that have this passion for diversity as we do. So I'm going to be committed to continue to share thought provoking content as we build this village, because I'm a firm believer that there are strength in numbers. So now that we've got the administrative stuff out of the way, how about we get after it again, looking at key trends that impact the workforce from a DNI lens. There are several out there, but these are three that I'm gonna to touch on tonight that really caught my attention over the past few months. The first one is the adoption and implementation of DEI infrastructure within corporate America. <clears throat> Specifically, there are teams that are being built out to, today to address DEI initiatives. There are dollars that are being allocated or earmarked for social justice and equity projects. Now, the secret is in the sauce. Traditionally, what happens is that there is not metrics set aside, there's no goals, there's no accountability, and there's no transparency as these projects are being set up. So for those of you, because I know a lot of you that are in the corporate space, as well as the nonprofit, and that especially as we wind down this year and get into next year, as new projects are going to be on, underway, is ask the questions. Make sure that realistic goals are set, make sure that there are metrics for success. Make sure that they're transparent once these metrics are, 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 signed off on, make sure that they're transparent, make sure that all involved from the executive team or the stakeholders to the project team, that folks are being held accountable. And that at the end of the day, this stuff is not sub- left up to subjectivity, but it's evidence-based i.e. fact based so time is really going to tell whether or not these initiatives or these projects really take hold to change culture i will note this though culture is not something that you just say has changed culture is not something that you just say and it's changed i did that on purpose is it empirical data and what you do will tell the story for you what do i mean by that Is it if you're doing what you say and if you're successful in that, is it your management is going to mirror the communities that you serve? The community is going to say, you know what, whether it be that financial services institution or that insurance company or whatever it might be, they're doing what they say within our community and they'll tell that story for you. That's not something that you just go out and send your lieutenants out and they say that we've got a strong, diverse culture. No, your metrics are going to show that. So that's why it's really important to do those things that I just mentioned of being able to be accountable, have transparency, have metrics for success. But again, as I had mentioned, time's going to tell us to whether or not those things are, are, are really going to be sustainable and yield the impact that we all want them to have. But I'm hopeful. That's number one. Number two is training. i call it training 2.0 because there's nothing really net new on the training that's out there. It's, You know, unconscious bias training, there's racial difference training, there's one-on-one, a slew of town hall sessions are held on a quarterly basis, meeting with people that are different from you. As I just mentioned before, so you'll see a common theme. Traditionally, what happens is all those things occur, they're the flavors of the month, but there's really no rhyme or reason, there's no metrics behind those. So ask yourself the question that as those As those activities are occurring, make sure that you've got metrics of success there. Another goal within having all those trainings is to be able to do what I would call self-awareness. So after you're going through all of these trainings, whether they be unconscious bias, whether they be being able to know and understand the difference between the different races, is it there's a self awareness that has to come from that. And when that occurs, I would hope that there's some some empathy that's gained. And once we cross the threshold of becoming more empathetic to others' plights, that's where we're hitting gold. That's what you want. And so once you go through the, the, the processes of going through those, those trainings, is it from a self-awareness? You wanna go from self-awareness to, to, being, to, to having an empathetic heart. So that's the second one. The third one is, is we find ourselves in this COVID season COVID has really challenged the, the norms of, 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 and paradigms of, of having to work in the traditional settings. And that over the past year and a half, most folks are working remotely. So that's really turned on its head, the traditional way of going to a brick and mortar and doing what you need to do. And that's also challenged the old saying of being, being out of sight is out of mind. And a lot of employers are really having a hard time having fits and starts as to whether they go into this high real estate, whether it be in San Francisco, whether it be in New York or Charlotte is that people are wanting to stay remote. Studies have shown that they're still productive. And the last I checked, people are still making profits. So it would behoove them to do like the tech companies who are now poaching talent to say, you know what, You don't have to pay for parking. You don't have to spend an hour in traffic one way. We'll let you stay at home. We'll let you work remote. And I think for some groups like minorities, they're really thriving in this. And so when I speak specifically about minorities, minorities are really thriving in this environment of being able to not only work remote, but they're not having to deal with microaggressions. What is a microaggression? We're gonna spend time in the future specifically on what microaggressions are. So we'll we'll spend an entire episode on that. But an example of a microaggression is any marginalized group, whether it be a, a black male or female, they might go to a meeting. And in that meeting, a peer of the marginalized people does all of the speaking where they can't get a word in edgewise. That's one microaggression. Another one that, that I know too, too often that I've, I've heard, whether it be for myself or for others, is that when a person of color does a presentation or, or does a halfway job, you know, speaking in front of, of, of people, is it how articulate you are? You know, that, that's really not a compliment, but okay, I appreciate that. That's a microaggression. And so as, as I say those stories and I go back in time and just really think the, the amount of times that I've heard that for other people, Those are microaggressions and those are tensions and pressures that you don't have to deal with if you're working from the house. And So you can still be productive. You can still do what you need to without all the hassles of having to be uptown, as well as deal with the inside baseball that you got to deal with, like those microaggressions. Our teammates that are disabled, they're also thriving in this environment. They're not having to go to a workplace that's not necessarily made for them. They're not having they can stay within the confines of their own home and still be productive and still be able to be in positions where they're successful. And as I had mentioned, not having to go to places that aren't necessarily made for them and to have them have to go through all types of things versus just being in their own homes. But I will say that um, out of these groups, I think women have had to come to a crossroads. A lot of women are having to make the decisions of, of balancing their careers as well as childcare. Because again, over the past year and a half, we've had a lot, we've had a lot of upheaval, upheaval when it comes to remote learning, and then what that impact has on the household. So that group has had to deal with how do I balance my career, knowing that I've got daycare questions to answer as well. So I touched on three things that are trends relative to DNI influencing the workforce. So there's many others that are out there, but I specifically wanted to come to the family with those because I found those very interesting and especially the one around all the dollars and all the projects that are gonna be allocated to social justice and equity projects. So as a friendly reminder for all of those, because I know several of you that are in the nonprofit as well as work for big companies that are involved in a lot of these projects, ask those questions of having transparency and accountability relative relative to those metrics of success. So as we as we wind down this year, my last plug for brainwashed is coming right now. So as a friendly reminder, I wanted to make sure that folks get out, read Tom Burrell's great book on debunking the myth of black inferiority. And so I'm I've read it. This is like the third time that I'm going through it. So this is my friendly reminder. Every quarter, we're going to have a new book that I'm going to put out for the team. But Brainwashed has not only brought about some great conversations for me but I think it really helps tie together a lot of the conversations we've had over the past few weeks. And so as we transition from that, I also just wanted to to get to our Tom's takeaways for the week. As we talked about DENI or diversity, equity, and inclusion, the takeaway this week is simply increase your own DENI competency. So again, increase your own DENI competency. So Tom, what do you mean by that? For me personally, I do that through music, books, literature, or language. Uh, shout out to my boy, Corey Dindy. Uh, he's challenged me just in the conversation that we've had over the past couple of weeks. And after having four semesters of Spanish in college, it's something that I've always wanted to, to, to do. And so I've, I've done that in fits and starts. But as we go into the next year, one of my goals for the year is to be more intentional about being able to, you know, be very much more proficient in my Spanish speaking than I am today. So shout out to Corey for pushing me to do that. And so you have to decide as to what that is going to be for you. The last thing that I would say on that is that for me, uh, I kind of nerd out on music. And so for me, when I think about, you know, Sergio Mendez or Astrid, Astrid Gilberto, you know, they take me to Brazil when I'm talking to them. So, again, Sergio Mendez, Gilberto, that's a that's a gateway to Brazil to me. For those of you who are into rap music and were products of the 80s like me, you're familiar with Kraftwerk. Those were a bunch of German dudes or nowadays I like to think of Daft Punk. These are some French fellows that are pretty funky. So music for me becomes a gateway into other cultures. And once you have that gateway into other cultures, it will really open your mind and your spirit to want to learn more and do more. So I encourage you all to take that takeaway and be adventuresome and go forth and conquer. So that being said, lastly, as we all travel, if we don't travel, as we commune commune with each other, uh, I just ask that everyone continue to stay safe. Be careful as we've got the latest Omicron variant that's out there with COVID. So make sure that you all stay, you know, masked up. I hope everyone has their vaccinations. If not get vaxxed up, get boosted up and just be very careful out there. Because I want to make sure you all come back. we got a lot of work to do. So stay safe, be blessed, and we'll see you all later on. And then lastly, if you've got any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me at Tom.Barnett at SeminoleGroup.com. Uh, From our conversations, I've I've continued to work with uh, with a lot of folks on not only where they're going, but where they want to be relative to not only diversity goals, but things that we're actually doing in the community to help underserved communities. So I appreciate the commentary and the dialogue, as well as a lot of the work that we're doing. So uh, again, everyone have a safe, blessed holiday season and respect David and Ora Wright. You all take care. God bless. each week how to demand
1: and implement diversity and inclusion at your job. To hear more, check out his previous shows on laugh.com. It never fails. Every fall, I fall into a funk. Daylight savings time used to have me singing the blues until I found some help at BetterHelp.com better, H-E-L-P dot com. It's an online resource that matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. Listen, ain't no shame in talking to somebody about how you feel. Your mom and your friends are great to talk to when you have problems. They're your go-to. But sometimes you need a professional And that's where you need to call BetterHelp.com. Sometimes it's the only way to get your happy back. BetterHelp.com offers secure online counseling, either over the phone or via video. Now, it's not a crisis line, but BetterHelp.com has counselors who will help you with your anger, stress, depression, or anxiety. The good news is that they're more affordable than traditional in-person counseling sessions. But you know what? If your money is funny, don't worry. Betterhealth.com even offers financial aid. Let betterhealth.com help you get your happy back. Log on today to betterhealth.com.